Forty chess. Yeah. Forty chess. Huh. Forty chess. Let's get it. Forty chess. This a trade show, Patreon where the trades go Tapping and watch, that's what you came for Ain't gotta say my name, they know my name, bro What's good, man? We got McNutted in H.E.M. Always start off the show with a trade from them You should always make sure that your trade is in Patreon, why not be a Patreon? Know you wish you could spend every day with them Tap in and say what you gonna say with them Stop home and can fill up a stadium Next time you log in, make sure that you bring a friend We about to kick off, let the day begin Go follow the socials, 40 chess FF is posted If your trade is an F, you get roasted Go like and subscribe for the crew Apple, Spotify, and the YouTube You know Cooper got the wall too Let us give you a walkthrough 40 chess This is 40 chess Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I don't know, Adam, maybe it's just me and, like, these new jerseys that came. Like, I just, I got this confidence, this aura, right? Or maybe it's the fact that we just wrapped up an incredible episode, which y'all be able to listen to on Thursday on the Campus to Canton Network. Canton Bound, we got Mr. Matt Bruning, Mr. Felix Sharp joined us. We had a fatal four-way cage match, and... uh, the way Matt and uh, Felix were throwing shots and just left and right, it it did feel like a cage match, man. I, we get along great compared. I was to I was about to say there's you know a few a, a lot of takeaways, but definitely one of the first ones is I don't know that Mike and I fight enough. Here I am leaving a couple of these like man, dude's wow. always trying me and this and that. No, yeah, see these guys in action. <laughs> Wait till you see these guys in action. Holy cow! Almost awkward for us. I, I was actually <laughs> those, I personally was loving it. I was I was fantastic, man. Time. Those guys are a great time. We got to get them on like an AMA, uh, just four of us, and just put no time limits on it. Right? We'll just go as long go till you drop. <laughs> we'll go till you drop, or somebody throws a haymaker. But if you guys haven't been paying, paying attention, we are up to an incredible week of content. Right? So for most of you, be listening to this or watching it on uh, Friday, the Forty Chess Podcast. For those of you patrons tuned in live, welcome. Glad to have you. I always love uh, love you guys filling up the chat, but Dynasty Adam, I, uh, I did uh, the, probably one of my favorite episodes of all time, like all time across all platforms. The uh, the spotlights that I did with uh, with Fizzle that dropped on Monday. Oh my gosh, man! I don't know how many times I've listened to that thing back. It's just so good. Fizzle's such a good dude, <laughs> such yeah. a good dude. I can't I can't stress it enough, man. Probably one of the best people you're ever gonna meet. And if you don't know his story, go listen to it because he's an incredible human. Uh, today, come home from work. What do I do? Spotlight next week. Bob fucking Harris. <laughs> the football diehard uh an idol a legend in the space so he'll be on next week i mentioned the uh the canton bound dropping on thursday matt bruning felix sharp but we're here we're here adam and i think it's all going to culminate with that incredible teaser video your ass has been in the lab working his tail off the halloween recap show 
Oh, I'm excited. I didn't even do shit. I just got to show up, which is probably the best thing. Like, I'm in the best role here. Even though I'm wearing the Justin Herbert jersey, I should be the uh, the all-star. But I'll take a back seat to you, buddy. You're incredibly talented. That thing looked amazing, and it's only like a minute and a half teaser. I, I was going to say, man, um, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. I've been doing – you know, when doing content, Mike, you, one of the things for me anyway is like – we talked about this. This is partly how this 4D chess show started. When listening to content as a consumer, which is, I mean, like wh- whether you are someone that makes content or not right now, Mike and I started not doing that, right? We we met not as someone that tried to create content. We just would take pieces of content that we liked from other people and kind of created our own process for Dynasty through that. But what's cool is... Um, with watching other people and then doing it yourself. Right. And then as you start to see that evolve, some of the par- parts that you want to try to orchestrate, like you can't even, you, you can't even think about that when you first start, because you're just trying to, I, can I even do this? Like, and st- still, I don't even know necessarily that answer, Mike, but the more we start doing stuff, the more your brain just kind of starts churning. And a lot of it is helping because the patrons are just so busy. Like we have such a great community that's always, um, you know, active and thoughtful. And the, the ideas that you kind of get from just doing content and getting engagement with them, it kind of gets you to your point with the Jersey, right? I'm not rocking the, the Oregon Jersey, but I got a little green on. It's a little darker, you do. but you know, you like rise of the challenge. I, I, I just want to c- continue to push and see if we can create content that makes us more unique and more like ourselves and also helps be actionable. So I'm excited for it though, man. It's going to be uh I'm, I'm gonna see if we can get the big guys scared at all. You know, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> it looks scary on there, especially that last scene, man. No, that's that's a little creepy, man. I don't like <laughs> rocking chairs creaking. It's it throws me off. Hardwood. The, the, the little I'm hands saying. going. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's no, no, thank you. Well, oh, one more one more announcement I had too. Uh, not only yeah. is that stream gonna be going, but uh, something a little bit smaller, but maybe people will be interested. If you're a member of the Discord. Uh, member of our patreon even the one dollar tier saturday night uh eight o'clock central uh just so i'm clear eight o'clock central i know we get lost in time zone translations but eight o'clock central uh live i will be in the uh the live stream for our general tier uh just going over a little basics of audio editing so if you had any interest whether it's doing your own content or just making your own little funny clips or whatever it is uh, audio editing isn't as scary as a, as it once was. And, and for me, I just kind of figured it out on my own <laughs> and then it kind of lent me to, uh, now I do a, a podcast. It takes me like three minutes tops just to go through and clip everything, but just want to show people some basics, uh, give you a little bit of a skill, a life skill. I don't know if you can actually use it in life, but it is kind of fun then to, uh, to make your own little, little collabs, little entrance songs, little exit, yeah. exit, exit music, whatever it is. But uh, just something I thought I would, I was like, I wonder if people would be interested in it, right? We got a lot of content creators. We got a lot of aspiring content creators. So maybe that would be helpful and just get it out of the way, man. It's not as scary. It's not, trust me, <laughs> trust me. I'm a big dummy. Uh, I I'm dumber than I look, which is, <laughs> which is saying something. <laughs> By golly. Something. That's a, that's a good start for 4d. Uh, I'm dumber than I look, which is saying something, uh, but, yeah. but, um, you know, I think to that point too, um, same with the audio editing, the video editing, like we, we learned all this, just, it feels like, you know, we had some mentors, right? We've had people that helped yep. us, but it feels like yep. every time I went to go do something, I'm like, 
it's like an out of body experience. Like I'm a fish out of water, right? Like I, right. What, what am I doing here? And you start to realize self-taught, but Oh, this, this is how you do this. And this is how you get more efficient at that. And I think, uh, that's really cool. You're going to do that because if someone was to get into that or try to get into that and there's little steps that can seem overwhelming and maybe you just need, you know, a little guidance on, all right, do this, do that. And just, uh, steps to help you not have so much chaos when you first start would be very helpful to any, anyone aspiring to do something fun, bigger than that, whatever. So that's cool, man. So speaking of, uh, you know, people with ambition doing stuff, you know, me at the end of the year, I always put out the, uh, the spike week consistency week for, uh, best ball sheets, right? If you're our, uh, what is it? Uh, the $8 tier or above, right? So the, the Savage and I forget what we call the other ones, the yellow poopers, (laughs) those guys. (laughs) <laughs> if you're that tier above, you get access to them. But Adam, one of the biggest like struggles for me is I got to pull that data manually and then I got to format the entire sheet. And, you know, our content schedule is ridiculous. And then you and I both got families and kids and work and everything else gets in the way. But sure. thankfully, we have such a dope ass community that helps us out so much. So Tom, the legend, the fucking legend, trucker Tom up yeah, there. It's my guy. The North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> trucking up in the North Pole. Now Tom's got a little free time, right? It's that kind of yeah. season. Where... How, how do you think Santa gets all them gifts? Somebody has to drive it up there. It's not always just, you know, the elves. No matter Tom's what people like, hey, tell I, you. I, I could take care of that for you. So yeah. Tom dropped the in-season best ball chart. So I kind of wanted to go over that and just uh, let's get some takeaways from it. We have warp, but I also like to look at it from a best ball perspective. Like how many times are these guys actually entering your lineup? consistently how many times are they actually let's do that man let's do that i i'm gonna pull it up here i've looked at it briefly but i haven't really had a chance to go over it so this is uh this is perfect man let me let me let me get this pulled up there's some interesting ones right and i'll just start at the quarterback spot we'll just we'll start with the most sexy position uh as far as best ball consistency is concerned jalen hurts number one no question about it and it's not really even i'm not gonna say relatively close uh (laughs) he's got josh allen by a spike week right so he's one more spike week than Josh Allen. Same number of consistent weeks, and they both had week one, which we talked about probably on the recap show and, and subsequent shows going after. Like, quarterbacks started slow, man. Like, the the top-tier guys, <clears throat> those guys we spent all that draft capital on, that early startup pick, whatever it was, sent those three, four first for. Didn't really pay off early in the season, but here lately. Here they, uh, they come. Here, here they, they come, come, man. What? See, sometimes you got to just – Patience, man. Patience. Uh, you're start, surprisingly, you're starting to see you're starting to see a, a good a handful of the the higher end ones pay off. Right. Not all of them, but but a lot of them. Surprisingly, Lamar coming in at three. Um, you know, we've kind of talked. It just seemed like every recap show. Like, haven't I? I'm almost like a broken record with Lamar too. Like, you ask me about him every single week, and I'm like, eh, it was okay, but I want to see more. I want to come on. Well, we finally saw more last week. QB one. <laughs> You can't spike any harder than QB one. Well, well, okay, because all right. See, see, this is where Mike. Uh, it's interesting he started with that one because I was going to make a point about him, but then uh, just in, in one of our shows this week, like one of the nice things about doing as much content as we do mm-hmm. is I don't have to necessarily plan like I want to talk about Lamar here. I just know I had a point about Lamar and I'm going to talk about it. But then, like this kind of illustrates the point I want to make way better. It's one of my favorite parts about these tools is when they confirm something that you're that you're uh thinking right 
obviously I, I miss plenty and they confirm that too but I, I like when they confirm what I'm doing right or thinking about right Lamar okay the reason I wanted to say that is it felt like for, for us and for probably everybody that Lamar didn't quite have that takeover game right right and to the point you were making about quarterbacks in the early part of the year Mike week two he's actually quarterback two or I'm sorry week three he's actually quarterback two right but it didn't feel like that because yeah. it was re- that's relative to the field right Warp's still the same way, right? It's relative to replacement quarterbacks that week. But when we think about elite quarterbacks like Lamar, like these guys like Hurts and Allen and Mahomes, like we want to see these guys go bananas, win you a week. And the interesting part about this is like the difference in his week three and his week seven are monumental, right? But it's only one spot based on the best ball spike consistency weeks. And the reality is though, Lamar was two in that week three. Someone could, anybody could have beat him in that week three. It's going to be really hard for someone to beat him when he's playing like he did in week seven. So like the, the spike week and consistency week will not necessarily t- always tell you that part of the story. Right. But if you go back and watch and you see, and you're thinking about this, like, dude, Lamar this week in week seven, this last week versus week three, what it's just that the week happened to be different, but my gosh, man, that, that that week seven performance is what we've always wanted to see out of Lamar. So the fact that even still when he wasn't playing Lamar-like the first six weeks of the season, he was quarterback two and three. Like we, we may have been too low on this guy all along. Is, we, we kind, kind, kind of to, to culminate the whole point is he's, he's doing that high-end stuff week seven. He was actually been pretty damn good when he's okay. And the floor has been pretty safe, solid. So we, there's a chance we may be too low on this guy even still. I think for me, I always wanted to see more. But, like, I've never really panicked on Lamar. I'm just like, come on. Let's let's really get it going. Let's, for sure. Let's get back to it. But if you think back to the offseason, I'm sure you can find clips of it, you know, if you actually care about the clips I was right on and not just the ones I was wrong on, which is numerous. But, you know, the thing I said. No, you know people don't Lamar, care about the ones you're right on yeah. as much. You know that. The thing I said about Lamar quite often, like on the trade show or whenever his name would come up, and I'd be like, this is a guy who just a few years ago literally broke fantasy, right? Literally destroyed fantasy scoring, like set records just for ridiculous amounts of fantasy points scored by a quarterback in his MVP season. So to discount him as like QB8, QB9 just felt terrible. It felt like a horrible move. Like he should have been much higher towards the top. We shouldn't have been so excited. Even though Trevor Lawrence is good, right? Like Justin Herbert, I'm I'm rocking his jersey. Like those guys have had moments. Like Lamar felt like the one who was the discount because we had actually seen him destroy fantasy football before, and there was really nothing against him doing it again, right? Well, it was one- almost like like how couldn't he do it again because his weapons got so much better. And I'm not saying like Odell is anything special. I mean, we know uh, Rashad Bateman's not what we hope for, but. Mark Andrews is fantastic. We were excited about Zay Flowers coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously thought that he would have a running game with J.K. Dobbins. Unfortunately, that uh, that didn't last very long. And never has, unfortunately, on... either. Right? It never has <laughs> lasted very long. Right. But he had his his left tackle back and Ronnie Stanley. You know, the big part of their offense as far as pass blocking and stuff goes. So the pieces were in place, and it wasn't a Greg Roman stale offense running this read option twenty four seven. You know, like they were going to be a little bit more explosive. So 
Uh, the Lamar one, to your point, though, like it just it kind of felt gross. Like it, it felt like Lamar was a discount. And I still actually think just judging by like some trades that have been floating out there proposed to me or counters going back and forth. You could probably still go get Lamar. Like even this number one QB performance, this being third overall quarterback on the spike week consistency week, like Lamar still feels pretty attainable. Like doesn't well, he? Like it doesn't feel like he's priced himself out of that range where you can go like, if I really want Lamar, I can get him. Well, you know, and and let's go ahead then and dive into the like this is a multi multi layered um, discussion here, and there's the multi layered facets of this is Mike. Prior to May 4th, like this guy could really be had because yeah. there was – he didn't have a contract. The Ravens aren't going to play him. He's not going to ever play for Baltimore again. Who's who, who's going to play him? Is he going to play next year? Is he going to sit out the whole season? Like where is he going to play? Is it only Baltimore that he's good I, I in? I forgot about that, right? I Mike, forgot that was going on. Yeah, so, so you had a window from, goodness, man, January till – especially like in March and May around – the draft buzz when this was happening people then thought like maybe he'll get traded you know possibly during the draft or right before the draft with draft picks involved and um now that ended up closing shut pretty hard right baltimore did extend him but to the second part which still exists today like people do not believe people do not um i sound i just really kind of sounded like a d on there people do not believe right we believe here at south Harmon, you know that they don't believe in his long-term sustained success like even, we've everybody still thinks they've seen this Lamar uh, that can can spike and can go go crazy. But at least in my estimation, Mike, based on last week, and I, I tell you the truth, I'm you know Sunday weddings, man. Y'all got to stop with these Sunday weddings, man. You know I love y'all, but y'all got to stop. In the fall, I mean, listen, man, it was beautiful, it was awesome, but uh, just just pick Saturday, pick 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 friday pick pick something else you know like, listen I, I said it while you were gone right i said it while you were you were off gallivanting at a wedding i said even if my daughters you know <laughs> get married during football season oh no like that ain't coming <laughs> i'm sorry i love you but you guys get you guys can have from like february <laughs> through august i gave you this giant chunk of time to just say i do and do all that stuff you know don't don't pick from September through January. Come on, I just asked for a few months. Yeah, there's a, there's <laughs> no no football season weddings. Come on. Yep. So, um, to anyway, uh, off topic, but kind of it, the reason I'm bringing it up is I didn't get to watch as much of the game as I wanted to, but I did see some of it because, um, you know, I, we we streamed the pregame and then I'm out here trying to last minute get holograms and stuff into Streamyard and it was convoluted. But Mike, what I did see of him was like this was a guy that actually played pretty well like one of the better games efficiency wise anyway for him as a passer too and people i think part of the problem is mike with him okay and the second part of this aspect is once the contract's away people are i don't think i think there is a group of people um and i want to make sure this is clear i don't think it's anything really to do with race i think it has everything to do with people don't believe he can be a uh, a passer that actually matters in fantasy right and I think there's a group of people that may never, ever leave that that point. We just got off of a podcast with the C2C guys, Matt and Felix. And I think Felix illustrated a great point. There is sometimes take lock that people will never leave. They just, they're confirmed priors. They're going to stay with for forever, right? One of the things we try to do pretty open here is talk about things we get wrong. And I think 
because there is such a group of people that are so strong, they don't believe in Lamar as a long-term passer, and they think it's all his rushing upside, they're eager to get off of him because they don't believe there's a long-term sustained success for Lamar Jackson. So I think that is the reason why he still can spike like this and still can be had for a price which isn't Mahomes. It is not Jalen Hurts. It is, I mean, Jalen Hurts even, Mike. A year ago, people were wondering if he can pass. Like now, Jalen Hurts is significantly more expensive than Lamar, right? And I'm not even here to, to you know say who's right or wrong. I'm just my point is there is at the end of the day, my point is this: there is an elite quarterback discussion, and the prices that fall for those, Lamar is not meeting the price of the elite ones, and for a lot of people, he's still not an elite one. And if that's the case, I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Lamar, Other than we should be buying. We should be buying at the top. This this told me uh, we, we kind of knew from Warp and our Warp discussions, Kirk Cousins has been very solid, very good. He checks in at number four. Uh, Pat Mahomes, Tua Tagovailoa, uh, Jared Goff, Justin Herbert. No surprise there. Adam, again, again, I'm talking about a guy that most people are starting to hate pretty badly. Jordan Love. Jordan Love. <sighs> Jordan Love. Y'all hear, hear that? A... I know. <sighs> Sometimes it takes patience is a, is a good uh, word to use today. Jordan loves finishes, fantasy finishes on the year. 3, 15, 7, 14, 24, 14. Yep. He's only had one week where he hasn't been a consistent or above average option at the quarterback position. Correct. One week had. Correct. Like, at some point, we got to give the guy a little bit of flowers. Even though on the field it doesn't look as pretty and we can we can knock him, whatever. But Warp is telling you that he's a decent enough option. Spike yep. week consistency week is telling you he's a de- decent enough option. Now, if you ask me, like, probably, I don't know, maybe, like, after week three, right, when he's QB7, was that a good time to buy Jordan Love? No. No. Like, people are going stupid for him. How about now, though? Four weeks later, we've had I- multiple games where, like, he does fucking nothing in the first half. Like, the offense doesn't look the greatest. I mean, this last yeah. one, um, I, I, I don't – I hope I don't get his name wrong, but he used to be the backup quarterback. Uh, played at Virginia for the for the Packers too. Uh, Kurt Ben Ben Kurt Ben Kurt. I hope I don't get his name wrong. Does a lot of film breakdown and stuff, and I know he's probably got a little bit of Packers bias for from playing with him, but generally he's pretty uh, objective, not subjective in his breakdowns. And he was showing plays with with this young wide receiver core. Like really think about it: Romeo Dobbs second year, Christian Watson second year, Dontavian Wicks first year, Samare Torre, you know, second Jayden year, Jaden Reed first year, Jayden both Reed, tight ends first, first year, both yep. tight ends first year. Sure, really young receiving core, right? Like not a lot of experience. They're showing like where these guys are running the wrong route. They're running routes where they're literally in the same fucking spot of the field. For sure, like Jordan, Jordan loves throwing a pick, which ain't even his fault. It's the fact that the uh, the, the underneath receiver should have been running a post, and instead he's running an out route right to where Jordan Love wants to throw the ball, taking his defender there. So, with all this going on, though, Jordan Love is still still a top ten option. Spike week consistency, see week in general, uh, depending on your league settings, a warp guy. And people are really starting to sour on him. You included, you included, and me too. Like it's hard to watch sometimes on Sunday. You're like, man, what this? What are you doing? Like, how do you throw a pick in this situation? Or how do you do fucking nothing in the whole half? <laughs> nothing. Yeah. You can't get the ball to Christian Watson on a slant and let him house it from sixty. Like, come on, let's go. But with all that being said. Is Jordan Love possibly exploring? Like, if people have soured on him a little bit, like, do you buy I- him? 
a little bit no. And I'm going to, Mike, because I think actually, to, let me go ahead and admit, just like I talk, I, I can tell you what my priors are. I can tell you factually that I have not been in on Jordan Love, but let me just, you know, take a couple seat, steps out of the seat, the, you know, theoretical seat and give you the, the actual discussion here for me with Jordan Love. Had some time to think about it too, because... I'll be honest, before these last three weeks, I like I think it's been the last three weeks that has shown he's shown his true colors that I've been talking about. And that is the Lions game, especially especially on that Lions game, because it was prime time, you got a chance to see it live, and they kind of exploited him. I think now the NFL's a copycat league, and teams are starting to try to play the same way on defense. To your point, right? Yes, there is a lot of inexperienced receivers on this team. And that was part of it for me, honestly. Like they don't have a Devontae Adams that you can just throw the ball to anymore, right? That just a safety net, right? Like we saw Aaron Rodgers last year struggle with this this receiving core that's that's younger yeah. than last year, right? Like, but that's also part of it because, guys, how unforgiving is the quarterback position in the NFL? You think they're going to give you a pity party, man? Like, no, these teams are ready to move on. And I think here's the thing with Jordan Love: the reality is this. Yes, he has been actually and probably still will be because the quarterback position is kind of meh in the middle, right? right? He could still be a replaceable option that's above replacement, right? Like he could still be a top 12-ish, 15-ish for fantasy points, right? <clears throat> but here here becomes the question. I think this this chart actually man, I, I like I like looking at charts like this. <clears throat> Patreon.com forward slash South Harmon if you do want to get a look uh, at this, by the way. <clears throat> um Mike, Jordan Love, 6.33 on our on our uh, spike weeks consistency week yep. chart. And the thing about it is you'll look and say, okay, that's that's right there, man. It's Now, it is it is clearly for me, though, below like Herbert and Goff and Tua. Not that far, but right there in the mix, Mike. Because here's There's the thing. He, he, he does not cost. He costs more, even when people have soured today, probably than Russell Wilson. Actually, guaranteed. Guaranteed, yes. <clears throat> He costs more than Sam Howell. Like if yeah. when he becomes the conversation is Sam Howell, when it's Joshua Dobbs, when it's that level, Mike, I'm in. Because here's the thing: their their future is not certain, and that's the reason that you get to pay what you pay for them. People still want to pay Jordan Love like he's a first round pick. He that first round pick thing is over. They gave him an extension that wasn't even the fifth year option. They have no bag or anything tied to this guy. And if he continues to play like this, he doesn't have security and I'm not paying for security. That's not actually there with Jordan love. I get you. I get you. Especially when you put it in the context of all the guys below him, right? Like Russ, Brock Purdy, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howe. Like these guys are all kind of in the same range. Trevor Lawrence, a little bit different situation because he has that insulated dynasty value and people are like, Hey, you know, they can point to some metrics where it's looking up. Whatever. I'm a little bit cautious on Trevor Lawrence, but I'm not panicked yet. But, you know, like the other guys that are below him, where you talk about like dynasty value, right? CJ Stroud's a rookie. Like we don't expect him to just come out and light the world on fire. If you did, if you expect these rookies to come out and light the world on fire, I'm sorry. Patience, again, is the theme. You'll, 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 you'll come around. <laughs> you'll, you'll see. Right. Right. Like Bryce Young. How about this, though? Let me bring up one name, which is to see him this far down. And then yeah. just to kind of know, like, you see so many of these damn games and fizzle, earmuffs, fizzle, earmuffs. Dak fucking Prescott, man. Dak Prescott, QB 24 on the spike week, consistency week, and warp isn't too much better. 
Like this guy has had one week where he's been a game changer in your lineup. He, I mean, literally one week. He was QB one yeah. <laughs> two weeks ago, yeah, and outside like, of that, he hasn't even been an above average option. Yeah, so like I think not even. I think that the the thing you can at least say with him is he kind of to that Lamar point right now. It wasn't as big as Lamar's, but like he was the number one overall option that week, so that probably helped your team. Like when you have a number one, court, but to your point, that's one week out of his six because the other six. I mean, dude, you if you have a prop appropriate roster construction, those other six weeks, he may not have made your lineup mm-hmm. for for any of these guys, like yeah. the, the 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 turds, right? Like you could see a scenario, right? Like Baker Mayfield had a fourteen and a seven, right? Like Baker Mayfield would have been your QB three on most like best ball rosters, and you're like, I got Dak Prescott, I'm good. Baker's in there making your lineup, right? Daniel yeah. Jones. Uh, he's only had one spike week too. Uh, also happens to be a number one overall, number which one was on overall. the, that one was on, was a gross game. It was on the back of a lot of rushing, but, um, Mike, I think though, I, I just wanted to highlight this, this point here. Um, cause it, at least it segues into this and I'm, I want you to, I'll, I'll let you talk about your DAC, uh, deck analysis here, but I see already cause to the point you were making earlier, right? We're talking about, um, the quarterbacks didn't feel earlier that they were scoring elite. And I think while some have risen the last three to four weeks with scoring, man, you look at the bottom of this list. I want people to really think and understand about what the cost of people were in offseason, starting of the year, okay? Listen to these names that are giving you nothing. And this is part of the reason we talk a lot about teardowns and multiple shots in best ball, okay? And that this, this spike week consistency week is really geared for best ball. Now, you can utilize it for lineup, but... The, it speaks to best ball. Like the reason this chart was created was to speak to best ball. And think about these names, okay? 31. I guess it's 30. 30th overall. Deshaun Watson has given you two consistency weeks. Now, mind you, this is going to give you an average. So it's not actually going to hurt you for the time that you've missed, really, right? Like, mm-hmm. man, two spike, uh, two consistency weeks. And then the two weeks, the other two weeks that he played. 30 because he left early last week and 25 in week two. Kenny Pickett, garbage. Joe Burrow, man. Joe Burrow. Now, we understand that he was hurt and he started to play better lately. Coming off of a bye, hopefully. But Joe Burrow going into week eight, Mike, is the same as Kenny Pickett and start consistent, like spike consistency weeks. Imagine. Like, I don't care how hurt he was. You'd say no way. Then to your point, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott. And Bryce Young's here. So you got Bryce Young, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Daniel Jones. Shoot, Geno Smith you could even throw in here for people that paid something for him. Like, people expected at minimum something and a lot out of these guys from more so. And, like, they're getting the opposite. They're getting nothing out of these guys right now. And we're going into week eight. You might not be able to sustain that. I I think that's probably one of the – and to be completely honest, this is how we, we learn. Uh, through the process, and I've always been transparent about this. I learned more from my fuck ups than I'll ever learn from, you know. You know, I probably Adam, you know, you're in you're in some of these leagues. I got like maybe two or three leagues where I haven't lost a fucking game yet. Like I'm in first place by a long shot, haven't lost a game up by yep. points. 
I'm probably not learning a whole fucking lot from that league, right? Like the ones I'm learning from are the ones where I'm struggling and I'm like seven and five against the median or, you know, I guess it is week seven. So it'd be like seven and seven, you know, whatever it is where I'm like struggling. I'm like the fifth or sixth seed in a best ball when I thought I had the roster construction perfectly. Those are the ones where I'm learning the most from. Like those are the ones I go to and I'm like, fuck, I wish I had an extra third to send for Deontay Foreman right now. <laughs> Like, I wish yeah. I had a third, you know, I wish I had a couple fours I could toss at somebody and take a shot on Pierre Strong, you know, to fill my running back depth. Yep. Those are the ones I learned from. Yep. So I say that to say this, even in best ball, like I was tooting the horn, like, get those two elite quarterbacks, man. Get those two studs at the top. And so far through seven weeks, Adam, it's like, who gives a shit, man? Well, like, but the but, elite quarterbacks are nice, but if you tell me I can get, you know, I can trade off of, uh, you know, even one that's doing well, right? Even one that's doing really well, a, a Patrick Mahomes at this point, right? In a best ball league, Adam, just best ball specifically, in a best ball league, and you were going to give me three quarterbacks in the range of Jordan Love, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, you're like, that ain't enough for Patrick Mahomes. What are you doing? Like, we add these first up, that ain't even close. I'm telling you, I'd be kicking the shit out of my entire league if I had those three quarterbacks versus one Patrick Mahomes right now. Well, yeah. Well, okay, so I do think now to that point, if you had three quarterbacks in the middle range, right? Yes, you're talking Goff, who's already had three top five weeks. You got, who was the other one you mentioned? Uh, Kirk Cousins has had. Jordan Love. Love. But even go grosser, man. Say it was a Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, and a Jared Goff. Oof. Yeah. Well, now, now, okay. Because, because I think to your point, yes, you are going to have too many shots at the dartboard, and in a year, like in this season, you probably the combination, if you were to add it up, is going to beat mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, right? The one thing I'll say though about the elite quarterback approach is, I think right now we have enough data and we're starting to see the trends to where that approach isn't wrong. The problem with the approach and the problem with any approach in best ball is more to your point, and that is when you consolidate too much or if you pay too much for anything, you don't have enough backfill to if you get one thing wrong. Because if you you could have easily told me a scenario, Mike, where you paid I'm, – I'm talking elite elite, right? A lot of people say, well, okay, you, you got Deshaun. He wasn't really elite. Okay, fair. Let's go ahead and let's say you paid all the way up. Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. And to do that is going to cost you, I mean, dude, an arm and a leg. You're going to lose everything. Eat first, whatever it is. All that startup picks you're going to have to give up, probably be shorter in number of players, whatever it is. You have to give all that up. Joe Burrow giving you the same as Jimmy G right now, you can't (laughs) afford that, right? Now, but to the same point, if you were to just select differently, like that's the the edge that people – See, if if you if you had Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen right now, you're not saying the same thing. You're saying, man, you give me them two elite quarterbacks, this is the way to go, right? I get you. It's 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 just understanding that when you consolidate in best ball, if you miss, it is going to be heightened to the degree that's going to cause your team like great grave success, man. You're you're going to lose big time, and for me. A lot of the reasons that my teams that are undefeated, Mike, I think I have three right now that are undefeated. Those teams are actually good because I have teams that are terrible. And some teams that are terrible that don't have picks, right? I've learned a lot of things along the way that have helped me 
make make right what I've done wrong. Some of these rebuilds are going to be bad because of what I've done, but it helps you in other leagues to keep keep figuring out things as you go. So some of the leagues that I'm undefeated in definitely are best ball. It, they sure as fuck ain't lineup. How about that? <laughs> Let me not even front here on this one. Day. Wait, say that sure. again, sorry. Uh, the the teams I have that are undefeated are best ball. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, they light up. I, I got one. I got one undefeated lineup league. Mike, uh, shout out Scott Connor, man. He he got to me at least a little bit ahead of time because I my lineup approach used to be awful, dude. All right, terrible. So the the QB room in one league that's undefeated in best ball, Josh Allen. <clears throat> to your point, good hit it on that. Uh, the outliers though, not not too uh, not too uh, studs, you know, at quarterback, right? Because I'm rocking yeah. Russ. Uh, Desmond Ritter, Tyson yep. Badgett. <laughs> nice. That's my Badgett, baby. Let's go. Yep. Badgett. I, I guarantee I picked his ass up off a waiver somewhere because I sure as fuck wasn't rostered to start the season. How about the other one that I'm undefeated in? We'll see what this QB room looks like. Come on. Load up. <laughs> oh, you're going to love this one. I, I believe it. It's best ball. I believe it. You're going to love this one. Not an elite quarterback to be found. Jared Goff, which you go, yep. Okay. Sam Howell, Brock Purdy, Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson, Andy Dalton still chilling. And Andy Dalton had a week. He shows up on the sheet. Andy he Dalton does. actually did have a week. Now, Mike, in best ball, well, keep, keep going. I, I just wanted to, while you're looking for your next one, it doesn't. that doesn't mean that in best ball you can't destroy people with five or six middle-of-the-road guys like you just brought up. Like That, that right. doesn't mean that doesn't, that doesn't still exist. Uh, those are the only undefeated, like running away with it right there, those two. Um <clears throat> Just looking for any other ones that are successful, just to kind of get a gauge of like what's actually working uh, from a best ball perspective with quarterbacks. I got one that's six and one, uh, so no median. Tua, Daniel Jones, Tyrod, and Zach Wilson. So definitely not the sexiest. Right? You're in, you're Tua's undefeated there. Six and one. Six. Okay. And one. Okay. All right. Still still really good. Yeah. So I'm looking here. My my uh, teams, uh, Mike. Well, let me just tell you the one lineup team that I have that is undefeated because I think. This actually point probably to you for having a lineup league that's undefeated because yeah. my lineup contenders have struggled. I well, fucking suck. Mike, this is this is completely shout out to Scott Connor and um, that's a smart just, dude. And, 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 and he, he he was the primary one, but honestly, uh, other people in the dynasty space that are smart that Mike, uh, the, one of the greatest things about doing these all these different leagues and content is like I've really got to see the differences and how giantly different they can be in best ball lineup. Mike, cause, cause what I want to make sure that you, re- you realize is that team that Mike talked about with the middle of the road quarterbacks, that is an extremely viable strategy in best ball lineup. Mm-hmm. I'm not even saying it can't be, but the problem is now you have to get your rest of your team. So correct. And you have to start the right one of those guys every single week. Cause Mike, my lineup team, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. That's my quarterbacks. You give me a start nine lineup league, with that. super flex with them two quarterbacks. You and will you not beat Mike. Here's my running backs. You want it, you want the best part? Here's my running backs. Wait, wait till you hear this. Roshan Johnson, Saquon yeah. Barkley has been in and out of the lineup. Outside of that, wait till you keep hearing Cam Akers, Raheem Blackshear, Kareem Hunt, Amari Demarcado, which has not ever made my lineup because I. Used uh, the one week I started him, he got two carries, I think. Tank Bigsby. I mean, you didn't start him last week when he fucking did something. That's exactly what I'm meaning, yep. <clears throat> Tank Bigsby, Antonio Gibson, Rico Dottle, Justice Hill, who I think I maybe started once. That's it. There you go. Like, the, But in best ball, that can still work. Just understand you don't 
if you don't have backfill because you paid all the way up for those other guys, or if you miss if you miss these quarterbacks and you get Joe Burrow, you cannot make it up, man. Your ass is grass. It's over. I actually do have one lineup league. Wow. <laughs> look at Props you. Look at you. I have one lineup league that's undefeated at. Let, let's see what one. the quarterbacks look like. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I know that much. <laughs> I paid an asshole to go get him. Patrick Word. Mahomes and Dak Prescott. So okay. Dak has been god awful, but Patrick Mahomes has been carrying the day. And you probably have a really good team built around it if you're undefeated. The, the rest of the team is fucking stacked to the tits. Right. Like, <laughs> to make up for the fact Dak's been god awful. Yep. But uh, anyway, so when I go through this list, the the keys for me, and I wanted to hear your Dak Prescott uh, analysis too, but for me it's clearly in best ball. One, if you get the elite quarterbacks at the top, like the ones that are really up there and secured, dude, they're worth it. They're worth it. The problem is if you pay, if you overpay and you miss, like if you miss and you're overpaying or, or consolidating, if you don't down tier enough, if you landed Dak or Daniel Jones or Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Bryce Young, these these guys are killing you, right? And and you can say whatever you want, but year in and year out, someone could say, yeah, I, I told you Dak was going to be bad this year. Someone might say, yeah, I told you Jones was going to be bad this year. Or someone might even say, hell, I don't think Joe Burrow was going to be right ever since he got hurt. Like, you could pinpoint one maybe here and there, but the reality is you're not pinpointing year in and year out which one of these guys is really going to struggle like this. Like, you could probably sell me that Mahomes is unlikely to struggle like this, but by and large, some guys are going to have bad years, even the good ones. So if you don't roster construct appropriately in best ball, this sheet's showing me that you have big-time, big-time downside that you don't see. So so here's the thing with uh, with Dak. And this would be my take and fizzle again. Cover your ears. I'm way okay at this point. Like after seeing it, I've been kind of disappointed in the way he started. I've been disappointed in that whole Texas coast offense. Like I've been disappointed in the way that they sometimes don't use CD lamb or the way that they're actually using Tony Pollard and get him fucking killed. Like Mike McCarthy is on a trajectory to get his ass. Can't like can't done. And then we got a whole new regime next year. And, who knows where the situation is with Zach, uh, with Dak? So I don't really know what the certainty is with Dak Prescott. Like I can't. Would I like to think Dak Prescott's the quarterback next year? Yeah, yeah. Like he he should be. But, but we've seen this kind of shit happen all the time with these quarterbacks. So I'm not projecting a whole lot of certainty past 2023 with Dak Prescott. All right. I don't think he's getting benched and Trey Lance is coming in anytime this year. All right. That's not what I'm saying. But. If I have Dak Prescott, his keep trade cut value has taken a hit, but Adam, I still think there's time to like get out at a reasonable spot. And if I was going to get out, like I'm getting out of Dak Prescott, and these are just guys ranked below Dak Prescott on keep trade cut, right? I don't know if these get done, but these are options to go look for. Kirk Cousins, right? One for one, I would do that. I would take Captain Kirk. Um Anything that adds a plus to any of these guys, right? Kenny Pickett, yes. Matt Stafford, yes. Geno Smith, yes. Derek Carr, yes. Russell Wilson, yes. Mac Jones, yes. And the reason I say if you give me a plus in one of those guys from my Dak Prescott, Adam right now, warp, spike week, consistency week, I'm getting the same, if not better, production from that quarterback, and I get another asset to play with. Whether that's a second-round pick, whether that's a first, whether that's a 
you know, a, a threshold type wide receiver, whether that's some running back depth or another tight end in a two tight end league with a decent tight end premium, anything like that. Like I am okay moving on from Dak Prescott because Adam, I don't really think this is getting better anytime soon. Mike McCarthy's an asshole. He's kind of boneheaded. You really think he's going to change his ways? <laughs> Right. He may have fed CeeDee Lamb for one or two games just to keep him happy. But in three weeks, we'll be talking about, man, fucking CeeDee ain't getting targeted again. Why is Michael Gallup getting these targets? Why is Brandon Cooks getting... Shit, Jalen Tolbert's playing 35% of the snaps. His ass is trash. Why is he on the field? This is the Dallas way. If Kellen Moore was still there, I'd be more inclined to hold on to Dak. But he's not. This is the Mike McCarthy show. He ain't giving up hope. He also knows he's probably coaching for his fucking job, so do you really think he's going to let the reins go to somebody else to call the plays or to devise an offense? Not a fucking chance. Not until they kick him out of the building. So that's the sad case with Dak Prescott, and that was probably the biggest, like, Dak defender outside of Dallas Cowboy fans, you know. But as an Eagles fan, for me to be like, Dak Prescott's a buy in the offseason. Like, this is an underrated top 12 quarterback, like, with really good weapons and explosive offense. Through seven weeks, it's like, fuck, man, I'm good. I'm good. Like, this this Dak thing, I'm good. You get me to a Matt Stafford who's performing better, and you give me any time, type of plus because people are like, Matt Stafford's retiring after this year. Adam, I don't know if Dak Prescott's you know going to be the starting quarterback in Dallas after this year, to be completely honest. So what's the difference? Give me the guy who's playing well and give me a plus. So that's where I'm at with Dak. That's my Dak take. Uh, Fizzle, you can unplug your ears now. <laughs> And Adam, you can unmute yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I needed to. Um, well, to, to Mike, to, to the point you're making, um, like I, I understand your point, and I, I, I absolutely think that there's a chance that Dak is not as secured as maybe we thought. I mean, certainly two years ago, probably even this off season. Now, the one thing is, I mean, Mike, the, after this season, they stand to ha- hit get hit with a $62 million cap hit. I think, I think Mike, we at least get Dak in Dallas for another year outside of an injury. Okay. And one thing I hadn't looked to see what the cap hit was to move on from him. So, and the one, the one, the second point will be now I want to make sure like when I'm composing this counter, I want to make sure I'm not completely being dismissive of your point. Cause I think you make some good points. Like I'm, Certain offers I would take. However, the one thing about all those other guys that you mentioned there, now in best ball, if I'm getting the correct plus, fully agree. Definitely agree. Lineup, I think I might be a little more hesitant, um, and it would, I would need to know what the plus is. And it, this is the point I'll make about Dak. As bad as he's fucking been, I mean, dude, he's been bad. Like, don't don't let me sugarcoat it. Dak has been pretty darn bad. Like, we, we got to see the one week he was good, like, that's, that's still Dak, right? Like, I still think as bad and as gross as he's been, there's probably some better weeks ahead. Um, however, to your point, I, I, I don't know that I want to go all the way down to Mac Jones per se. But if I can get off of Dak at a reasonable player, and if I can make a pivot, I, I agree with you though. Like, if I can get Stafford in the right place, I would consider it. Stafford does worry me, but at the same time, Dak, you can't, you cannot feel secure in Dak Prescott at all. If you do, I think you're lying to yourself at this point. Like you shouldn't be saying, "Oh yeah, Dak, he's going to be the starter in Dallas for the next five years." Maybe, but I, 
at this point, if you say that, you're you're probably not looking at reality, man. Jerry Jones is impatient. Like <laughs> he has been very patient with Dak, and they're not winning. And unless we get more of this number one overall week from Dak, like <laughs> that whole fan base isn't patient. They're they're in a very limelight situation where they magnify everything that this team does. So, um. I'm I'm with you. I'm also kind of not not completely panicked off of him because to the point that was on the qu- the question on the screen, Mike. Let me just get to this: Deshaun Watson for Dak on a contender. Like Watson's scaring me a lot more than Dak is. Watson scares me too, but at that point, I just hold Watson. <laughs> now, I, I would say if you're going to do this, I would trade Watson for. Uh, if you wanted to take Dak, I'm not going to fight you on it. But I, I just, if I'm going to trade off of Watson, I'd try to see if I could get more into that different range of players scoring right now. Um, that's just my opinion, though. For for best ball league, can I get a couple like Tossins, people who have the potential? Can I get some Deontay Foreman's, some Pierre Strong's, some I'm sure. Mario Douglas? Sorry, I got to call him Pop, Pop Douglas. Douglas. Pop Douglas, I get, man. I gave yeah. him so much shit on the start of the show, and then he came out and did stuff. So. My apologies for uh, for the Pop Douglas slander. Uh, it deserves to be called. Like, can I get that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you, I think, I think there's definitely ways to uh, increase your little pluses like that on trades that involve quarterbacks with names. Right. So I'm, couple, I'm with you. A couple of these tight ends that have like a chance to maybe enter a lineup every now and then because the tight end position so god awful, so horrible. Yeah. <clears throat> and and I'm, I'm with you. I, I agree. I, I think Dak, if you can get out for anywhere near name cachet value, is a player you about, should be exploring trading away. Fizzle's comment on there about Dak being a game manager. Okay, yeah. I was about to say, is he just a sexier version of Brock Purdy? But essentially, Brock Purdy's outperforming the shit out of Dak Prescott here, right? Well, you know, I, I'll what actually you say, <laughs> you know, you know what's crazy though, Mike? Because um, I, th- I think we both agree here. I don't think because we saw. I think we saw Brock Purdy ceiling, quarterback five on the week. Mm-hmm. I think Dak still has definitely has a higher ceiling, but Dak doesn't have a floor anymore. It doesn't look like like Brock Purdy has a higher floor. His floor is not as high. As, yeah, I like that one. I think Dak. I think you're right. I think Dak still has the tools in the offense around him. Right, like Dallas has a bad defensive game yes. where they got to really throw the football. Like the yep. defense really struggles. Um, and they can't run the football as well. Like Dak has the ceiling of QB one overall. Like yep. He still has that, but the floor week to week, I think the edge goes to Brock Purdy. I'm, I'm with you, man. I think his floor is a lot higher just because that offense is so damn good. Yep. Where even on a bad Brock Purdy week, it's like eh, he was like QB eighteen. <laughs> I mean, because look, put it like this. One. Put it like this. Brock Purdy right now, and then just look at the chart. Okay, he's got week two of twenty three, week six of twenty five. But you'll see. 9, 11, 12, 5, 17, right? He, a lot of these weeks in best ball, like we can hate on them all we want, but those are the, those, having that type of a safety net at quarterback is actually pretty helpful, right? Now, to the point of Dak, yeah, it's really nice when he wins you that one week, but guess what, man? When he's giving you 29, 25, 20, 17 in two weeks is his second, like, like those weeks when they're the best you're getting is quarterback 17, that, that's a quarterback that's actually losing you in best ball, right? Because of especially what he costs you. So, yeah, uh, Dak man, and all leagues is hurting you. Like 
wherever you paid for him, whatever he's hurting you. And we need to see better out of the buy from him. So I, I'll be curious to see how he plays, how they do. I do think we'll, I do think we'll put, he'll play better, but Mike, to be honest with you, I can't say that with any type of certainty, man. This, this offense has been spotty at best. I get you. Well, let's move on to the running backs, and this one will be a quick one for me too, right? There's only yeah. a couple guys I really want to talk about. Number one, uh, we know Chris McCaffrey is a uh, a beast. Right? He just scores touchdowns every single game. So. He, so so much for him being injured. Running back four on the week, right? Yeah, seven for seven, right? Like he has not been uh, <laughs> not been bad for best ball. <laughs> You've been okay every single week. Chris McCaffrey's in your lineup. Well, you know, Mike, it's funny you brought that up because I. It, the fir- it was the first thing I noticed. Everyone, everyone listen to this point because we talk a lot about how running backs are unreliable, they get hurt, all this stuff. There is one player, a singular player on this entire chart, all positions, Mike, that has made as an above-average player every single week. That's not Patrick Mahomes. That's not Jalen Hurts. That's not Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. That's not Travis Kelsey. That's not Mike's guy, Sam Laporta. It's nobody other than a one running back, Christian McCaffrey. Just just marvel in the fact that in a landscape where the running back is so bad, we have a guy that one guy that's just every week, boom, set Christian it and McCaffrey. forget it, man. Yep. He's worth whatever the hell he costs. How about that? Until <laughs> and, uh, until he's actually missing games hurt, he, he's worth everything. You, he's worth his weight in gold, man. He's worth his weight in gold. Would I rather spend three firsts if I had him laying around on a contender in best ball on a quarterback or something else or a multitude of pieces? Yes. But, Adam, if the Christian McCaffrey was the one piece to put me over the top, you know how we said, there'll never be a running back worth three firsts ever again? I just point to this guy and go, <laughs> warp, spike week, consistency week, whatever the hell you want to throw at, until he's actually injured, injured, and not playing games, he's worth every fucking penny right now. <laughs> every penny because you're going to ride his ass right to a championship i guarantee if we look back at the end of the year like christian mccaffrey keeps this up doesn't get hurt doesn't miss time in the playoffs or doesn't wear down at him like he keeps his pace up for the rest of the year like what he's been doing you'll look back at championship rosters and i guarantee he's the like biggest 65, league win- he's the biggest yes. league winner by far you, 65 you can't, you can't spike months. four times have seven consistency weeks so he's not hurting you ever like you can't never. yeah you're 100 percent correct yes how about a consolation prize? And one that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when people were like, I'm never fucking paying for a running back until like week 13 or whatever the fuck they said. Travis Etienne, a guy we've dunked on a billion fucking hey, times. Hey, but I've been talking. I, I've at least come around. I've been saying this year for multiple weeks now at minimum. Like, I'm starting to get – it was it was week five. Week five, I was like, Tank Bigsby's gone. And I'm like, all right, man, here we go. I'm in on this guy again. This is why we need ATM's money moves back. We just I know, man. I know. Even if it's for like one minute, just about Travis Etienne, that's all we need. <laughs> I got, I got to get, I got to get back. Even if it's a little bit shortened, condensed version, I'm with you. Move her down. Uh, we know Raheem Mostert, Kyron Williams have been good, but the second running back I really wanted to talk about, and this is one I don't know. I toot my own horn a little bit, and you can let's revel in this, man. Let's revel in this. We've had such bad years with this fucking guy, DeAndre Goddamn Swift. Right? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yep. Talk about being good, man. From what from running back seventy three week one. Yep. What did he get? One touch? Two touches? I don't I think he had, what No, I think was. he had one touch for no yards. Jesus Christ. From there on out, DeAndre Swift just been that dude, right? In this offense, this Philly offense, he's been good. Even last week, 
Uh, doesn't register as above average, but still RB23 on the week. So not a, an absolute kick in the balls. No, and I mean, think about it this way. Week one, I mean, I'm sure people did put him in their lineup, right? But if you were to say that week one was an aberration, okay, and you look at the following six weeks, Mike, he is the only other person on the list here now that would only have one week where he wasn't consistent. So, like, when I when I think about how the season's played out for him and how good he's been since getting the workload that Philly's started to give him, that started in week two, this guy said it and forget it, man. There's one week where, and you're telling me his floor is running back 23. Like, as you as we continue to go down the list, Mike, I want you to just, everybody think about that. Dynasty Jenners, think about that. He is now in, in solidified company until proven otherwise with an injury or something of a guy that gets the work, gets the passing work, and, and has a floor and a ceiling in a very good offense. And this is with... Mind you, this is with them, you know, having the whatever the heck you want to call it, the brotherly shove. I, I don't. That's with him getting basically nuked opportunities at the goal line. Like this is a guy that you want to have in dynasty, man, in, in fantasy period. Couple more running backs. I'll just throw in, and I'll quickly hit him here. Yep. Uh, Brees Hall. The last two weeks we've seen him. Now he's on a bye last week. RB three, RB four. Very good. Uh, ding ding ding. Brees Hall is back. <laughs> Brees Hall is back. Yep. Uh, if people are still sleeping on Brees Hall, go go send some offers. Snatch him up, man. Snatch Brees Hall up. Here's one that uh, I've kind of come around here, and I said it uh, maybe last week. Isaiah Pacheco. Now, maybe the spikes aren't there, but mm-hmm. in this Kansas City offense, Adam, if, if he ended the year with like three or four spike weeks, I wouldn't be surprised because it's Kansas City offense. They're in the red zone all the fucking time. Uh, Andy Reid designed some offensive plays, but – Talk about consistency from uh, outside of week one and week two where he was RB29 and 29. <laughs> he was consistent being RB29. After that, above average every single week of the season, five in a row. So Isaiah Pacheco is a very good one to go out and explore, at least in the cost. Yep. And then I'm going to throw one out here under the radar. This one hurts my soul a little bit. Brian um, Robinson. Yeah, well, that guy too. I was going to go with the only other running back who doesn't carry a shit ton of dynasty value outside of Kyron Williams and Raheem Mostert, which we know how good they have been when they they are playing, right? Those are guys that should be on your radar. Kyron, you're going to have to wait on this uh, IR stint, but Raheem Mostert definitely make sure that you're uh, you're doing whatever you can in a best ball to go try to get him. Throw every goddamn third you got, right? You got six thirds, throw them all at <laughs> Let's see if they'll bite. I don't give a shit. Go All get right. Raheem Mostert. Now, now, I do have to – well, agreed. Um, point. End, end of discussion. Go get Raheem Mostert. If he's to be had, you should acquire him. Like, I just – as a contender. Um, I just wanted to make this point real quick for everybody, okay? Yeah. Like, this is why – dude, and I've been – you listen. You go back and listen. If you've been listening to me for a while, you listen to Mike for a while, you listen to this show for a while, 40 Chess. We've been running back guys. We and we talk about even in best ball how important running backs are. But I just, man, listen, bro, Bijan Robinson right now. I wanted to, whatever you invested in him. I don't care if you got the pick. Luckily, let, let's say you even traded for a first and you got it as a random first and it became one hundred one, one hundred two. Mike, this see this is why. Like investing the capital into Bijan. I love Bijan. I have Bijan. 
But Mike, he has to smash right away and stay healthy. And he has to be all those things to make the price tag of that worth it. Right now, he's been solid in four weeks. But when he's got, that's not even his fault, man. The Tyler Algier stuff, the, the Arthur Smith, it's not, his, it's not his fault. But like this, he's, you see him sick or whatever, right? This is without even injury talk. Like he's not been giving you what we wanted out of a running back. And this is probably, to me, Mike, if B. John Robinson can be this going into week eight, like this is this is my uh, axe, you know, right into my heart, man. Like I've got to stop with running backs that cost way more than single first. Like I just have to because it does not make sense. It doesn't right. make sense. Like, because Christian McCaffrey is one of the few elite aliens. But, like, I can probably find Kyron Williams or Raheem Mostert at much more of a discount than not be exposed to what happens if it goes bad for Christian McCaffrey, if it, if Bijan doesn't smash. It just, th- this list highlights that for me, man. And I hate to say that. I hate to say that because it's not the way I've always played. But it's something I have to continue to lean more into, I think, man. So. One more running back I'll throw on here too, right? Yeah, and this is a guy we hit on. You and I both. Some other people in the industry hit on him too. But uh, we talked about Christian McCaffrey, right? Being seven for seven every single game he's played. Yeah, there's one other running back. Every single game he's played has been above average, and that's Alvin Kamara. And yeah, man. He was suspended for the first three games. If you go look at Warp. There's only one other running back since Alvin Kamara has not been suspended and been active that is better in warp, and that's Travis Etienne, Correct. who also made the list. But Alvin Kamara is number two, beating out Mr. Christian McCaffrey. So <laughs> Alvin Kamara, every bit of a first-round pick, he is worth. Hey, like hey man, shout-out. Every out. single Sh- bit. Shout-out to everybody, uh, Dynasty Degenerates. If, if you're around Sunday, in between the 4 o'clock slate and Sunday night football, Alvin Kamara's got a nice little addition um, in the uh, the Halloween recap, man. He's been he's been a monster. I believe it. How about wide receivers? We know how awesome Tyreek Hill's been. You don't need a spike week consistency week to show that he's fucking awesome. But Puka Nakua, Adam, come on, talk about Nuka. <laughs> Nuka, <clears throat> talk. To, listen, man. I, I I this one, Mike, for me was tough, and you, you, we we had our discussions, and you know. The first two weeks, right? So it's the first two weeks where you're like, man, this this just doesn't make sense. Like, it's it's not likely to continue. Like, because you don't have a good enough sample size. Week three, actually, the crazy part was like, relative to, he had 73 yards or something, right? So it's like, really, the, the week wasn't that bad. It's just all these other receivers scored more. And I'm kind of thinking like, if this is his floor, I think I'm really in. And... That was about the time where me and you kind of disagreed. And I think the reality is, forget me and you, okay? You look, and at, at that point, Mike, I, I bought in, and the reason I did was because I'm looking and I'm saying, I'm futuring out. And I'm futuring out both sides. I'm saying, okay, right now, he probably cost in the range of a single first. And I said, I'd rather keep the liquidity, but if I can trade a receiver that's maybe not doing what you want, and it's only three weeks in, I mean, who knows what they're going to do. But the, but the truth is, at that point, you think about it. He he's not even. It's so early, but he's not a part of this prior discussion. He's he's now. He's he's the highest receiver in like NFL history for. He's he's checking bark like box marks 
that don't exist for these other guys that are drafted way down there. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm going to basically evaluate him more like what I've seen him on the NFL field. I know the cost is higher, but if it actually is that, that's going to be someone that's ridiculously good for my team. And I will have underpaid. Now, if I miss though, right? The flip side is if I miss, like if I miss Quentin Johnson or first, like I bet you Puka still could dent you a second. Someone will think they'll buy in low. Like I think for me, the, the high end upside with what I saw was the reason I bought in. And now look, Mike, look at this now. You're, you got us. He's got three weeks inside the top five. When you're looking at this list, and guess who's all in here? I mean, you've got Stephon Diggs has had top five weeks. A.J. Brown has had top five weeks. Keenan Allen, Amon Ross St. Brown, Justin. Like, he is now, the crazy part is now he has a spike week with Cooper Cup on the field to basically end any discussion, in my opinion, of what his worth is. Like, he, if he's doing this in his rookie season with these guys, what – what more do we need to see at this point? Like it's, it's going to be one of the more like fascinating stories, more ridiculous outcomes. But man, seven weeks in, I don't, I don't need to see any more. Like I feel very, very good about his future in the NFL. So I got two different categories here for the next group of receivers. Uh, the first one we'll talk about is uh, high floor with juice, mm-hmm. meaning that they have the potential to spike. So that's going to be like your Adam Thielen, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. And by high floor, I mean with juice, three spike weeks on the week, on on the year, Adam. Yeah, man. Pretty good. (laughs) Who saw that coming? Not me. Uh, We know Amon Ra definitely fits in that category. But uh, one that was uh, the first ATM money move, Jacoby Myers. What's up? High floor, but he also has some juice. He has a spike week on the season. Uh, How about this next category I have, though? Just high floor. Just high floor. Maybe not the juice, but just high floor. That's going to be your Michael Pittman Jr., right? He's got three above average weeks. And Christian Kirk, both these guys, best ball leagues, these guys are definitely worth a first, Adam. Like, definitely at this point. Like, we can we just lay this shit to bed? Like, definitely worth. You're a contender. You got a first. Go see if it'll get one of these dudes, Christian Kirk or Michael Pittman Jr. Add them to your receiver core because yes, you're going to talk more weeks than not, probably 50%. These guys are going to be in your lineup. They're going to be making your wide receiver two, wide receiver three position. We haven't seen a spike week out of them. I'm not saying they can't, but, you know, if they only finish with like one or two at, at the end of the year, I wouldn't be shocked at all. But consistent-wise, these guys are being fed target after target, number one options in their in their offense. Would I prefer to go try to uh, to get some of those uh, high floor with juice guys, the Jacoby Myers of the world? Yeah, I'd rather go try that one first. <laughs> and I, I bet it don't cost a first, but if it did, I think the uh, the juice is worth the squeeze on that. Agree. I agree. I think, and I, I agree uh, on all those points. Jacoby Myers um, proving. I mean, th- this is what, mind you, Devontae Adams is still over there, people, okay? Um outperforming him like uh, i'm not even going to tell you that i expect that to continue but the the mere fact that we we have this much of a sample right. size where he's outperforming him like uh absolute he's absolutely worth whatever he's going to cost you he, he, if, he's, if it's over a first okay fine I, i'll i'll let it i'll let him pass mike don't overlook though because in the same i got to get back to money moves you're, you're not wrong um uh, been trying to make sure that the the crew's on 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 sturdy ground but you know what i got to get back to it because i'm looking here man and it just shows don't don't forget about kendrick Bourne. 
I mean, this is a this is a deep shot, Kendrick Bourne. Throwing him out there, Mike. Wide receiver 13 on our chart. Here's the best part about Kendrick Bourne. And I, I kind of was trying to highlight this the best I could in a short, very short video. But because after that, right, you could look and say, oh, Adam, you create 69, 53, 63, 55. Mike, you know what's great about best ball? What he cost. I expect those weeks and don't care. But he's given me five, 10, and 10. That's mm. massive. That is massive for his cost of acquisition. So, um, Kendrick Bourne's are an, another cheap one. But to your point, man, Christian Kirk, uh, Michael Pittman, generic first, um, absolutely. Michael Pittman, especially right now with the change in quarterback for the rest of the season to Gardner Minshew, I think his floor is going to be a lot safer than it once was at wide receiver 100. Here, here's a couple of negatives, right? Potential sell candidates. I love this list. I know which ones. I know which one's coming. That has to be said. If Mike doesn't say it, I'm bringing it up. Fizzle covers. <laughs> CD Lamb. <laughs> CD Lamb. Devonte Smith. Right. I'll give you a Cowboy and an Eagle. Both of these guys. Whatever hard, it is, it is very hard to believe CD Lamb is this far down, man. Right. Whatever it is with this Dallas offense, we covered it a little bit with the Dak thing. I'm just good, man. And he's not delivering for you for what his dynasty market is. This is somebody I would explore moving. Uh, Devontae Smith, yes. Uh, I've been pretty vocal here, at least lately, that I find it very hard to believe that this current construction of the Eagles offense, this 2023 offense coordinated by Brian Johnson, is going to have enough juice to support A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, DeAndre Swift, who is a welcome surprise for us in the passing game being used, where last year we didn't use running backs at fucking all. Now we're using running backs out of the backfield, and by using running backs, I mean using DeAndre Swift with what he really does really well. And then, uh, you know, also being able to support a sustainable Devontae Smith. I don't think it's because of talent, just because of where his dynasty value is, Adam, but what he's actually giving you on the field this would be a prime candidate for me to try to move off of to go get a Jacoby Myers. Uh, let's get a Kendrick Bourne tossed in. You know, let's get let's get an Adam Thielen thrown in here. Like, let's get a uh, – here, here's a good one. Here's here's one that I, I think is kind of underrated. Cortland Sutton, right? Oh, man, that's just what I was going to go to. Mike, just think about this for a second. Everybody listen, Dynasty Generates. Right now, Cortland Sutton is worth to your team what Chris Olave is because the next guy I was going to have as a miss I don't think that he's necessarily a bad receiver or in lineup maybe it's a different conversation but Mike Cortland Sutton and Chris Olave are doing the same thing for you in best ball right now right right <laughs> who cares <laughs> I mean the crazy the crazy part is like Cortland Sutton has not been giving you some year that you're like holy crap this guy's good now he has proven that there's a little more juice than in the tank than people probably thought however I mean, these guys both have two consistency weeks. And just understand, though, right, one of the things that this highlights to me, Mike, it actually does translate to lineup more than anyone else, and that is if my receiver is not one of the guys that has multiple spike weeks, what is this dynasty value? Because mm. if That's it is point. not, if it's not multiple spikes and I got a bunch of dynasty value stored up in this guy, he's he's actually costing you way more in dynasty value than he's helping your team either format and to me the consistency weeks show you okay this guy in lineup you just you just set it forget it he's probably still worth it 
But if you don't have multiple spike weeks at this point, Mike, because look at all the spike weeks we have in here. Like you got Josh Downs on this list. You got Michael <laughs> Pittman. You got, you know, Pitt, Pickens, Ken, Kendrick Bourne's on this yep. list. Like you can get a spike week out of people, man. Like if you George can't Pickens. get to multiple spike weeks, are they a top 12, top 10 receiver? And if that's the case, man, it, you're probably better off seeing if market lets you get out. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm good. Like I'm good on, uh, I'm good on selling CD. Uh, no way I can put him as uh, wide receiver two <laughs> in the game. Sorry, Fitz. I mean <laughs> now, word, now to the point of if somebody was getting crazy or panicked, I could be in on, on buying CD Lamb. But to your point, correct. If, correct. if 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 I have CD Lamb stored up right now as like this guy that's supposed to be giving me elite weeks and he's not, can I still get out for an old price? I might. I'd I'd be interested in considering that one. He, I still think of this group as probably more the enigma. However, I still have to treat this like I'm trying to win, man. And when we talk about best ball, CD Lamb should be someone you should be trying to get three pieces for, for sure. So, tight end position, and then we'll get out of here, Adam. Let's do it. Uh, Ho-hum. Look who's back at the top. <laughs> Travis Swift. It took, uh, it took him a while, man. It took him, you know. <laughs> the crazy part. I, I just want people to think – Mike, I love, I love, I love Dynasty football, man. Like, I love the community, too, for a lot of reasons. Like, the patrons we have, the community we're growing. But I, I like, I love this impatient 2023, like, y'all are out here trying to bury Kelsey after two weeks because he didn't play in week one and he was five and, and he's eight in week four. Oh, he, he, his head's not in it. Man, go look at the numbers. And when Swift is there, his head is very in it. He's got 100 yards a game. Lo and behold, Mike, the guy's missed one week. He's given you two number ones. He's given you five spikes. Of the six games he's played, he's a top eight tight end, every single one of them. He is a spike week, everyone but one. Like, stop. Stop. Everybody stop. This guy is just tight end one until he's not. And that's when he's not playing football. Like, that's the way I'm viewing it at this point. There's other nice tight ends out there, man. There's TJ Hawkinson. There's your guy Sam Laporta. There's 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 Mark Andrews. You can tell me which one you think long-term tight end one is in Dynasty. But if you're talking about, I don't care if it's Dynasty or Fantasy. If you're talking about what tight end you want to win a title, there's one. There's one, and that's the one. I'll give you seven tight ends right now, just looking at those lists that matter to me, Adam. And then nobody else, right? And that's Travis Kelsey, one, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Sam Laporta, Evan Ingram, surprisingly very, very solid, very, very consistent in this offense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Darren Waller, as bad as the start of the year is, this last couple stretch, right, these last three games. And boom, I I don't know how much is Tyrod because Tyrod has played really, really, really well, like really well, better than expected. I thought he was always butt cheeks but apparently Tyrod like found the fountain of youth and has been very efficient for this offense so Darren Waller has turned it on and the guy that I give shit to all the time even though I'm an Eagles fan was like man Dallas Goddard there's just not enough balls to go around (laughs) well turns out that they'd rather force feed Dallas Goddard than Devontae Smith so Dallas Goddard has actually been very solid after that Adam no tight ends I give a shit about because who comes in at number eight John U. Smith (laughs) well (laughs) but you a ham sandwich (laughs) All right, so so I got two I got two things on this. One, shout out Koopa, shout out A Warp because it's kind of spoken to this point. Now, Mike, I'll, 
I'm going to talk to you about like the two you mentioned before, Jano, because I'm with you. When when I see Jano, I'm already like, okay, this is where we can stop really like acting as this. This is some special place, right? Mm-hmm. That's just not. But think about this, Jano Smith, right now. Look, look, look at. Shout out a warp because it, it, a lot of the warp stuff that we've talked about through the debates and discussions and seeing the charts that we have. They still are highlighted. They still come through in these spike week consistency weeks, man. Janu Smith in our in our process, right? Two spike weeks, three consistency weeks. That gives you a combined score of five point six six. All right. Dallas Goddard is probably the one here that you could possibly consider paying more attention to because of the fact that he's got a five and a two attached here, right? In the last three weeks. So maybe if you're saying the load, the target load is more like the latter part of these last three games could see a little discussion of an argument but i'll still fade mike because here's the reality for me just look at and understand this okay travis kelsey tj hawkinson these guys are are well ahead of 10 all right on the score here mike when you go down right dallas goddard johnu smith are one point away from each other and combined great you got that dallas goddard man yeah he's had some sweet weeks johnu smith basically the exact same thing so the rest of your team is what's going to matter right like Look at this list. Everybody south of, I would say Sam Laporta, um, but that's that, that that's for me, right? And Sam Laporta because he's doing this as a rookie is the reason, right? And because his his target share, his snap share, yeah. everything's checking the boxes. Because the reality is his his combined score is not that much different than Ingram, but I can get behind it because I think this is going to be sustained further success down the road. But this just shows you still, Mike. You know what this chart really shows you? There is three tight ends that matter again. There is three tight ends that matter again, man. And there it is. There it is. The rest of them are all replaceable. Logan Thomas, Jake Ferguson, Jonu Smith, like uh, Cole Komet even. These guys are all within a couple points of each other. Like just, just trade out of the value, man, when you have it, honestly. Like even in best ball, if you can get off those guys and just as long as you're staying in one or two of the ranges like if you if you could get off of Dallas Goddard and you could pick up you know uh Cole Komet and a plus right like I know it sounds gross and I'm not telling you to just dismiss Goddard's value but you're just better off having multiple shots than you are having one of these guys that are closer to the top it's Kelsey it's Hawk it's Andrews it's Laporta and I don't care man I'm trading off of value. If I had Waller, this is a good time to sell. If I have Goddard, this is a good time to sell, in my opinion. I'm with you. I'm with you. Back to three tight ends that we give a shit about. <laughs> yep. <Nobody else. laughs> I love it. That's so so depressing, man. Like, Listen, man. Some sometimes we're so eager for change that it it didn't actually happen. We made it happen in our mind, right? I know. I wanted it to happen. Of course we did. Of course we did. I wanted. T Rock asked why if Kelsey's so amazing, how about he don't we pay for him in shit auction? T Rock, I'll explain it like this. I'm the number one team. Everybody looks at my team and goes, I can't beat Mike. Mike has no draft capital to go buy Kelsey from you, so therefore Kelsey won't sell for anything. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh T Rock, let me answer your question like this. My team, oh, by the way, actually, this was a point I wanted to make, so I'll go back to it, Mike. Um, in lineup, okay? Because we talked about the quarterbacks. Now, Dynasty Degenerates, I know uh, this is circling way back, and you maybe you forgot about it. or Go back to the quarterbacks, Mike. I wanted to talk about this in lineup, and T-Rock brings it up. 
it perfectly highlights this. So in lineup, right, you want to build with the elite quarterbacks. And in my mind, Mike, I had not quite the elite ones, but I had three that are damn, damn near close to elite, or you could say borderline elite. You know who those three are? Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. You know what that means? It means that team's two and five. That means that team's not winning. It just the team's not the the perfect build around it. Like it's it's close. It, it was a cleanup. Right. It was a cleanup from some of the wrong roster construction. But I have Sam Laporta. I have Darren Waller. I have some you know good good receivers. I have good team. But when you have those three quarterbacks, if you pick those three wrong ones, it doesn't matter, man. Uh, so to the question here, he's asking: Are you more willing to trade Slim and Swift? I've always been willing to trade them. The reality is. The answer to this question that you're not going to like is no. The price didn't change because I'm two and five. I was two and four when you were trying to buy them last time. The price isn't changing. All right, I'm willing to trade them. It's just the price has not gone any different. And T Rock, your team is not that way. You're we're seven weeks in, Mike. Let me ask you this question as a last get out of uh, 40 chess. We're going into week eight. I believe his team's five and two. You're sitting on extra first. Like there is a point of holding, and I talk about being patient. But at a certain point, you also are saying, I'm secured into the playoffs. This is no longer a late first. I'm willing to start pushing some of my picks in. You don't have to unbolt all of them, but there is also a time where it's shit or get off the pot. And this is now more the time to, you know, go ahead and shit, man. Go ahead and use a couple of these picks because you don't have to make the trade with me. I'm just talking in generalities. If you are going into week eight, you are now at the point where you should know very clearly we're, we're, we're far enough along. If you're a playoff team, if you built correctly, there still could be some injuries, some things that go wrong, especially if you're flush with a few extra picks. You don't have to hold them all to week 13, right? You, no. you want to actually probably start seeing what you can get with some of those picks. You don't want to hold them for forever. It's a, it's that fine balancing act too. Like I always look at it and go, man, I'm doing good. Like, do I really need to trade this pick? But then there's also the other thing in the back of my mind. Let me reinforce some stuff. Let me reinforce my team so I, I can secure that uh, week one buy. Because we know, especially in lineup leagues, well, even in best ball, but especially in lineup leagues with the amount of variance and the way roster construction and bad weeks happen, not having to play one fucking week in the playoffs is a massive deal. Massive deal. Like, I'll let you all deal with this shit. <laughs> now I only got to win two games. And if I only got to win two games, I really like my chances a lot better than having to win three in a row, right? Like, it's just so much easier. So there's also that point when I'm looking at my leagues, even in best ball, where I go, I'd like to hold this pick a little bit longer. I'd like to hold some of these picks a little bit longer. But then I also look at it as like, I don't really want to drop a game right now. I want to keep building this lead where it's almost insurmountable. So that way I have the number one seed or the number two seed locked up and I don't have to worry about week, uh, week 15, like not my fucking problem. <laughs> I'll let y'all play. I'll come back week 16. I'll get the dub. Now I'm in the championship game and I've already locked up some money. <laughs> like if I win, I win. If I lose, I still win <laughs> like either way. So sometimes maybe very, good, very, very beneficial. sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right fizzle fizzle says uh now that i'm part of the team 2024 need in on a startup fizzle you already know we get you in a startup uh if you're listening to this and you want to get in a startup with the 40 guys uh make sure you hit the patreon um yeah. I, we'll probably do an in-season startup i'll be honest with you mike 
I I don't know that I'm ready for an in-season startup yet, but at some not point, maybe. Not quite yet. Yeah. Not quite yet. We got to yeah. let the, the pain sink in of uh, some of your failed contenders, you know. Let it go another couple of weeks where you're just like, oh, I've. I've had, I've already had that pain sinking, but we can sink it in a little further if you want. No problem. I got, I got plenty of good teams too, but uh, yeah, the failed contenders is never fun. It's just the reality. It sucks. You're going to have them, man. But uh, Fizzle will get you in a startup. T-Rock says the price is too high. T-Rock, stop capping. We had a back and forth. We were close on the first one. I was looking to get some pick liquidation, and you basically told me all your 2024 picks are off the table, which is what killed our discussion. So let me at least, let me at least discuss what actually happened with us? I, I got excited. Me and T Rock had a deal done this week, and it was actually reasonable. Nice. Uh, he he understands the value of the the two of Tyreek stack in best ball, so he came and got it because my team was dog shit <laughs> outside of those two players. So, congrats to T Rock for actually having the stones to push in. Unlike worthwhile Lieber, purchase. Yep. Fucking Canadians, <laughs> always Indeed. trying to nickel and dime you. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, minute. There's the uh the spike week consistency week episode we got the t-rock ending the cd hate we got all kinds of player discussion according to warp and to spike weeks and just remember when your league mates are playing chess play 40 chess that's gonna do it we'll see you back here same time same place next week for the 40 chess dynasty football podcast we love y'all right of this thing peace peace